0: Gresham College presents The Poetry of Bees with poetry readings from David Harsant, Luke Healy, Fiona Sampson, Joe Shapcott and Matthew Welton. Um, thank you very much Ian uh, for that introduction. Uh, my name is Graham Henderson. Uh, uh, I'm a Chief Executive of Poet in the City. On behalf of Poet City and the City of London Festival I'm delighted to welcome you to what's a really special evening presenting uh, original poetry about bees uh, and thank you for the support of Gresham College with that. Um, it's, it's a great pleasure to be here in this fabulous space this evening and see the you know, passionate interest that's aroused by this wonderful theme. Um, for those who don't know us, Poet in the City uh, is a charity that makes new connections for poetry uh, and promotes a love of, of poetry amongst new audiences. Uh, and on average, about a quarter of our audiences are attending their first poetry event. We're particularly uh, 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 delighted, as as Ian said, to be involved in the commissioning of original work. Um, Poetry is such a great and vibrant art form uh, and it's perhaps better suited than any any other to exploring themes like that of bees, um, both because of its honesty and clarity but also because poetic language can range freely uh, around the subject, um, conjuring up images, illusions, fears, delights in equal measure. in this uh, case, some of our um, poets uh, even got the hand, a uh, chance to handle real bees uh, at the Twickenham Bee Centre, and I would like to thank uh, uh, Chris Steves, who runs that centre, for making uh, making that visit possible. Uh, This event is part of a series of events called Waxing Lyrical which we're running as part of the the City of London Festival uh, this year, uh, celebrating amongst other things lusophone poetry, culture and the theme of bees. Um, So a special word of thanks to the Festival and Gresham College for supporting this evening's exciting and innovative poetry commission. Um, We're very fortunate this evening Uh, to be featuring original poetry from five of the UK's most distinguished poets. Uh, David Harsent on the far side, is is a a wonderful poet, uh, writer and librettist uh, whose recent collection uh, Legion won the Forward Poetry Prize uh, for Best Collection. Uh, Fiona Sampson, whose seat I'm going to be keeping warm, um, uh, is going to be joining us shortly. She's actually being uh, inducted as a fellow of the Royal Literary Society this evening, um, so she's uh, double-booked in, in the nicest possible way, um, and she's going to hot-foot it here uh, in, a, in a moment, uh, uh, and uh, hopefully in time for her to do the reading uh, uh, in a little while. Um, she's a, a wonderful poet, expert on creative writing and health care, and has been the editor of Poetry Review uh, since 2005. Joe Shapcott, who's sitting in the middle uh, here, is is also a very much-loved poet, uh, won the Forward Prize for Best Collection in 1998, two-time winner of the National Poetry Prize. Um, Matthew Welton, um, uh, sitting next to Joe, uh, is an unusual and exceptional exceptional poet whose Book of Matthew uh, is notable for its experimentation with structure and form. Um, so we look forward to hearing his poems tonight as well. And finally, uh, last but not least, Luke Healy is an enormously talented up-and-coming British poet whose recent work uh, included a poem paying tribute to the rock band Pink Floyd, uh, which we featured at a at a previous event. Um, uh, as you'll see from your programme, they'll be reading in, uh, as it were, reverse order, starting with Luke and ending with David. Um, So, um, without any further ado, ado, I would like to uh, welcome our first poet of the evening, uh, Luke Healy, to read his suite of bee poems.
1: Thank you, Graham, and uh, thank you, Ian. I'd like to thank Poet um, in the City and the City of London Festival for uh, uh, commissioning uh, me to write some poems among the other poets. Um, it's been a tremendously interesting experience, um, particularly the, the visit to the kind of B Centre. That was that was fascinating. Um, I'm going to read five poems. and uh, They deal, I suppose, most of them deal with... Um, ideas about bees, the interaction between humans and bees through history, from ancient history to the present day. Um, The first poem uh, is called Woman of Bikor. The first, I understand, the first known depiction of bees in civilization is a a cave painting um, which was found by a teacher um, in the early 20th century uh, in Valencia, in Spain, um, in what are known as the, uh, the Spider Caves or the Aranya Caves, um, and the, the, I've only seen reproductions of this, obviously, um, but it's an astonishingly beautifully made um, uh, painting. It's uh, the fluidity of the line is kind of reminiscent of um, uh, Zen calligraphy, perhaps. Um, so I, I wanted to try and capture that somehow in the poem. Um, incidentally, the painting is usually referred—the painting is usually referred to as the Man of Bikor. but—and this is my completely unscholarly opinion—it looks like a woman. So I've taken up the liberty. Woman of Biko. entwined on a vine in the void, she hangs. Her hand plunged into the nest that whirlpools space, while the bees, bamboozled by smoke, reawake to interrogate her breathing mass and overload her brain's blood. Fingertips on the broken comb, she utters the swarm charm, lip flicker passed down to hold off the swirling vaults, each of them daubed on the spider cave's wall in a stroke that effaces the maker and leaves her in hematite, silhouette languid as the trophy she hands to mouth.
2: Um, Hi, good evening everyone, Um, really, really lovely to be here, big thank you to to the City of London Festival and to um, Poet in the City for asking me to take part in this. Um, We've been asked to um, talk a little by way of introduction um, to the poems that we've Come up with this project, and the six poems that I ended up writing, kind of, um, as, as I'll explain in a moment, went together in such a way that um, they follow on one from another. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get the talking out of the way first, or the kind of the um, the annotation, the annotation out of the way, talking the, the the explanation or whatever you want to call it, the introduction, and then and so then when I start doing poems there'll be no stopping me and, and, um, and it'll just be poems um, it was a, a poetry reading um, towards the end of last year when um, I was chatting to Graham he mentioned um, that Poet in the City was getting involved in this project and I'd done um, one of their events with them a couple of years ago and really really enjoyed it and, and liked working with them a lot like the way that they did things and was very pleased to be asked to do something else. And um, when Graham first mentioned um, bee poems, I, I kind of, I've got, a, I'd already got one, you see. I, th- I think, I, I, felt, I felt like I can do this. Um, because um, in, in my first book, there's a poem called Writing 21, which begins, The bees all morning contemplate how slow things are and hover off above the hills. In Rafi's thoughts Those bees Thinks Rafi Slowly Move their minds Like mud And part of me I, prob- I guess Probably figured that If I'd done it once I could I could do it again um, Which You know Might sound canny But is it's It's foolhardy I promise you um, And I, I guess I proceeded by um, Trying to find out About bees And I went to the the science library um, on on the campus of the university where I work, and got out like tons of books about you know the social life of bees and and all those kind of things and um, and found it. Uh, we've we've only just all turned up this evening and haven't done a kind of sort of chat before, so I'd like to catch up with the other people about how they found this. But um, it was really difficult um, taking things that I'd read in a book and then trying to take this material and, and poem it up, so to speak it, you know, it kind of, it had already been done and, um, and I made lots and lots of notes for a good few months actually and was hitting my head against the wall um, so I kind of decided to perhaps depart from trying to reproduce these kind of factual science books in, in, in regular metres or whatever and um thought I'd try and use a, um, a kind of, some, some of the kind of forms that I use in, in a lot of things I've been writing for the last few years and a lot and I, and I figured some of the, the forms that i tend to have written a lot of my recent poems in um, might lend themselves to ideas of bees because I I use the number six quite a lot, so I tend to write things in sets of six um, and, I, and I so a lot of these poems have. Um, that they, a lot of the poems I write, I write in groups of six poems. Um a lot of them have um six feet in each line, um six beats in each line if you like. Um and I, I figured those, that might translate, you know, to the idea of um a bee, a, a creature with six legs and which lives in a, a six sided <laughs> the honeycomb and so on. And um and I and I began a couple of and so I thought I'd write six separate poems in that kind of form, and began it but but and I had two that I was quite happy with. but I think there was to me a sense of that that you know sometimes you're doing something and it and, it, and I liked them as poems, but they didn't really fit what I wanted to do for this. they had um, they what's the phrase they had a they had a certain syrup but they didn't pour. I think they, you know, they kind of weren't really what I wanted to do. And I moved on to, I think, the third one that I was working on. And it was built around the phrase, a swarm of bees. And suddenly that kind of opened things up for me. And I felt that I'd hit my groove a little bit. And then proceeded to use that as the starting point. So I'm going to describe to you how, um, I suppose, the process of writing this set of poems... Which became its form, worked out, and then I'll launch um, straight into these um, poems. So it's it's called um, poem in six sections, um, and the first one um, uses you, you remember the, the, the TV programme Blankety Blank, um, where, where you, they gave you like a phrase, um, a blank of, of a blank of bees, for example, and. You know, you had to work out that what they were looking for was swarm or something like that. Um, so, in the first one of these poems, all the sentences at some point include the phrase, well, sorry, alternate sentences include the phrase, um, a blank of bees and then a swarm of blanks. Um, the second poem, all the sentences use a swarm of blanks. The third poem, all the sentences use. A blank of bees the fourth uses a blank of blank and i think i'm probably pulling the wall over somebody's eyes because there's no swarms in that and no bees in that either but i seem to have got away with putting it in the fifth one is a bee of blanks but there's only one sentence there but you know still every sentence in that section has a bee of blanks in it and finally number six has um, a blank of swarms <laughs> I just feel like I thought I'd explain something to everyone all I've done is confuse a whole room of people on a really hot night um, here we go um, poem in six sections one out in the hills a storm of bees colours the dusk a swarm of termites tessellates its mind with mine A scheme of bees impersonates a scheme of sludge. A swarm of what it means to let sludge fill your guts, swoops through my thoughts like thrushes from a square blue sky. A spurt of bees creates a space where language lures me into finding words for what it means to find words of no use. A swarm of swine Shares out the wine I'd thought I'd save for lunch. A crease of bees comes home. A swarm of murmurs squirms around my mind all night. A burst of bees includes me in its weekend plans. A swarm of means finds reason to prolong my sleep.
3: Thank you City of London Festival and poet in the city for calling up the bees. Um, Perhaps the most singular fact I learned about bees was that these days um, they don't really survive outside the managed hive, so that the the wild honeybee is, is more or less a thing of the past, which brings into focus, or brought for me into focus, the role of the beekeeper very strongly. And a special thanks to Chris at the Twickenham Bee Centre, not only for introducing us to the bees, but for training up lots of beekeepers. Apparently, many, many, many people want to be trained these days, which is good. Um, I want to mention another particular beekeeper, um, a man called Amos Root from Ohio who wrote an amazing book I think beekeepers still use it called The Cyclopaedia of Everything Pertaining to the Care of the Honey Bee Bees, Hives, Honey, Implements Honey Plants, etc published in 1910 100 years old this year um, My six poems and I, I wanted to do six for the hexagon like you find in the honeycomb uh, are a narrative really and um, they're from the point of view of a woman The story begins when her man leaves the house for good and she, as a result, becomes a kind of beekeeper. There's a tradition called telling the bees. uh, When the beekeeper dies, the family uh, have to go out to the hive and explain to the bees that the beekeeper has died but explain who will look after them from now on because the superstition was that they'd leave if they weren't told. I tell the bees. He left for good in the early hours with just one book held tight in his left hand. The cyclopedia of everything pertaining to the care of the honeybee, bees, hives, honey, implements, honey plants, etc. And I begrudged him every single etc., every honey strainer and cucumber blossom, every bee wing and flown year and dead eye. I went outside when the sun rose whistling to call them out as I walked towards the hive I pressed my cheek against the wood opened my synapses to bee hum I could smell bee hum It's over, honeys, I whispered and now you're mine
4: What a privilege to hear such wonderful, joyous poems from Jo Shatcott on the day of her Publica- on a publication day of, of Um Like everyone else, I'd like to thank the Festival and the City of London um, Poets in the City very much for this commission, which um, I feel a little bit of a um, spy or not quite an agent provocateur for, because um, I live in the countryside and I live in a village which is currently obsessed by beekeeping. There are only 200 of us. So this year has been about first build your hive and next year is about, I guess, catch your swarm. I have to confess I'm not building a hive myself because I can't do anything with my hands. But um, So I've loved doing this project because it's been wonderful to stupid that I am, since I'm surrounded by them, Notice for the first time that there are different species of bumblebee. I hadn't noticed that before, but I've noticed at least four different kinds in my garden since thinking about this. It's been lovely also to have the kind of collusion with the other poets that I know we're all obsessing about bees. And I've also noticed suddenly everybody else is writing about bees too. So, um, so my own thinking about bees was really they're just so dense with symbol, aren't they? They're so dense with kind of this hinterland of all the times and places they've been used. And they are like that even when they're banging against the window in your room. They're still being a symbol even though they're being also this awkward creature who won't follow your lead and go out for the open window. So, And I wrote six poems too, but one of them had a colony collapse, so there were five. (laughs) Swarm. Winter bees. Swarm. Very deep very mobile, the swarm song sounding in my chest not a beat, not breath but an older music remembered when a head turns on a pillow or hips lift, one gesture becoming another in the room where a shoulder moves close, moves away to reveal a picture window filled with blossom streaks, pale trailers that could be rain or flight, but are redded flowers swarming white on the dark branches, the plain overhead shaking the window's double panes. Scotchen, which is a village in the limestone region of Slovenia. Scotchen. Once again I think of that old cult, hidden boards darkening in mountain grass on highlands where no one goes by runnelled limestone tracks above ruined farms, knowing the secret purposes of those abandoned landships that turn nailed flanks to the sun and sink in a murmur of bees, bees flecking the air brightly, there seems a rumour of something more of first music summoning and holding something unspoken, hearing it speak.
5: Um, The great thing about getting this um, commission from both in the City and City of London Festival is that uh, the whole thing about accepting commissions for a poet is sort of uh, uncertain. You have to really work out whether there's, there's anything in it for you. Um, if there's not, it would be a good idea to say no. Um, <coughs> so it's necessary to kind of... I don't mean money, I mean um, artistic advancement. Um, and uh, so I, I sort of thought about this for a while. That's very kind, thank you. I thought about this for a while, and um, my mind started working, and I started um, moving towards B poems. So it was apparent that there was something in it for me. <coughs> and I'm grateful... <coughs> Um, I don't normally say much about, I don't normally like to say much about poems before I read them, but since you haven't got the text and since there's no chance of your laying hands on it, um, there are a couple of things I probably ought to say just briefly, um, and I'll say them about each poem uh, before I begin to read the sequence of five. Um, the first poem is called The Queen and the Philosopher and um, it has to do with Democritus who did in fact ask to be buried in honey. Um, The Greeks were sort of rather interested in bees Um, Aristotle got it completely wrong but he was nonetheless very interested Um, and uh, so that's really all there is to say about that poem. The second is called The Apiarist Dreams of the Queen oh I should say that uh, when Graham said is there any aspect of bees that you'd like to concentrate on so I can steer other people away uh, from that i I instinctively chose the queen without really knowing anything at all about bee husbandry, um, and discovered later, only later, that the bee does pretty, the queen bee does pretty much nothing but lay eggs. Um, she is in effect a sort of uh, a sort of brood bee. Um, but I did know the only thing I knew was that when the the queen makes her nuptial flight, the drones who mate with her are disemboweled. Um, by the sex act and I thought there must be a metaphor in that Um, anyway in the atheist dreams of the queen there's um, talk of dancing and I'm sure you know about the dancing bees in fact Sylvia Plath's father Otto Plath wrote a book about the dancing bees and um, in case you don't know I'll just say incredibly briefly that uh, when a bee finds um, a source of pollen, it will return to the hive and do a little dance which will tell the other bees where the the pollen is. The dance virtually says, excellent pollen in that direction, guys. And it it sort of tells them how far they have to go as well. Um, And (coughs) they set off and they make this judgment by the sun. And as they fly, and it will be up to about three miles, um, they adjust for the fact that the sun is actually moving. Um... Uh, so I think that's all to say about the the Egyptian queen uh, the Egyptians were um, very interested in bees and um, there are lots of uh, references in Egyptian culture to bees bees um, are in all cultures rather like my other major obsession, the hare which um, is in all cultures, appears in all cultures and (coughs) the interesting thing about well, there are two things. One is that, that I, I speak in this poem of the tears of Ra, and the bees were known, bees were known as the tears of Ra, Ra being, of course, the sun god. Um, but there is also a hieroglyph of a bee, and there, is all, and there is a hieroglyph of a hare, and the hieroglyph of the hare is the, the verb to be. That's all it is. Nothing to do with hairs at all. It is the verb to be. The hieroglyph of the bee means bee. Or honey, um, and in the final poem, um, which is called the Queen Redivivus, um, there's a reference to the Queen of Heaven, Mother of Christ, um, and the bee was um, one of the um, one of the Virgin Mary's tokens, because bees were thought to be the Greeks thought this were thought to be part of the genetic that is to say, they were pro- self-propagating. So the notion of purity, i.e., no sex, had to do with <coughs> with um, uh, with the Virgin Mary and there's also a reference to a painting by Cranach which probably a lot of you know with Cupid swatting away bees while uh, Venus looks not at, at, um, not at Cupid but uh, out of the picture and this is a picture that at one time was owned by Adolf Hitler. Um, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not going to do a gloss on Joseph Boy, as I'm sure you all know about Joseph Boy's The Dead Hair, the anointment, and so on. Anyway. If you don't, look it up. <clears throat> um, so these are the, I would say these poems are dedicated to Christopher Penfold, who um, among other things is one of London's beekeepers. The Queen and the Philosopher. Sun on the Sea Running White. Sun on white walls, yes, on the thick shoulders of the fishermen as they fanned their nets. Sun as an engine, a trapdoor, a compass. Democritus in his cell, the window framing sea and sky, blue climbing on blue, a glaze shaken by the heat as she drifted in and held heavy in the thickening air. It was this, a man writing, herself as witness, the swarm now stalled and gorged. When I die, bury me in honey. Fill an amphora three times my height, five times my bulk, then let me down into it gently, a long, soft glide. His hand shook at that, feeling himself poised in the moment, mouth filling, eyes drawn blindly open, his penis stirring and settling. Noon in the sculpture garden, they hung with the lightest of touches from the outstretched marble arm
0: of the goddess Athena. For all information, please go to our website at www.gresham.ac.uk.